Level Checks Carl app, and here we go with uh, episode number 219. One, two, one, two, one, two. And I'll see you tomorrow. One, two, one, two, one, two. Uh, and we'll go with Plinko's in three, two... My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we have conversations, talk about things that you're already talking about with family and friends. We talk about current events and pop culture and music, trends, plus stories about marriage and parenting and personal growth. Hi, Donna. Hi, my name's Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. When I don't have anything to eat and I'm like, hungry and I get home, do you know what like my number one go-to is, aside from cereal? I know what yours is. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Is there anything better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And you can get all the fancy jellies and jams, but really when you break it down, it's grape. Now, here's the question. Do you peanut butter both sides of your bread or do you do peanut butter on one side and then jelly on the other? Or peanut butter on both sides and then jelly on top? I do one per side. You do? Yeah. So you only do the peanut butter on one side and the jelly on the... So I do peanut butter on both sides and then a layer of jelly on both. Well, the the problem with that, though, is then you get... It can get messy. Well, but you're cross-pollinating the two on your knife. That's true. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And for any children or teenagers who are listening, if you put a knife in the dishwasher with peanut butter all over it... That you haven't rinsed off first? Or you haven't taken a paper towel and just attempted to get some of the peanut butter off, it ain't coming off. Lick it with your tongue, if nothing else. Like Something. run it across your tongue, you know, before you put it in there. You drop it seriously. Something. Right. Yeah, it'll, it's it's it'll stick and stay forever. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. You know, we talk about all the time, like you know, if you have teenagers or even if you don't have teenagers, you will if your kids are growing up, and you'll be like, no, they're always going to help me out. No, they're not. So I was talking to someone the other day, and they said that their biggest pet peeve about their teenagers right now is that their her and her spouse or her husband are so busy that. They're, this happens to us too. They don't have time to like open the dishwasher. And you know how your mom had that old timey thing that was like a magnet that said clean or dirty? Like flip sides. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have that. So, but this person was saying that her kids will take a spoon out just for themselves to use. Without unloading the dishwasher. Without unloading yeah. the dishwasher. Yeah. And then put the, the, put the, so then the dishwasher door is unlocked. And so when one of them come home, they think, okay, so I guess these are dirty. You know what I mean? Because there's a few things missing. Like there might be a cup but or the, like. But the, the door to the dishwasher's unlocked. Correct. Which would signal that someone has unloaded yeah. it, but not really. Yeah. yeah. So she said, we've been running the same clean dishes for like two weeks I because one of them just takes like the ice cream scoop. One just takes like a coffee mug. And then the other one takes this like bowl that everybody uses my for cereal. beat my ass. Seriously. It my just ass. wasn't an option. Did we have a dishwasher? I guess I did. We did. Well, I mean, I guess we did. I think the dishwasher was me. I thought we would begin this episode, Donna, because everybody's, you know, a little tense after the game on Monday and, and, and maybe, you know, just get back to work after the holidays and things. I thought that we would start this episode by doing some yoga, some stretches. What do you think? Oh, I'm in. You like that? Yes. Okay. Are, are you in a position where you can stretch? Absolutely. You have some comfortable clothes on? Always. Your Lulu's? No, but I can do it. All right. I have a yoga video that I'm just going to queue up to a random spot and we'll just pick up with, I don't know who this is, but we'll just pick up with wherever they begin their instruction. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah. Pull both knees in. Both knees in. And pull your forehead in. Oh, wow, that that burns. Grab hold to your shin. Okay. And give Uh, yourself a rock Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) Donna. Okay. Goodness. What is this? 
Oh my gosh. The one time, the one and only time that I ask you, so, so we actually, we, we joined a yoga, like we went ahead and paid for a couple of classes, if you recall. I, I don't. Yes. And oh, at that place in Roswell. Yes. Yeah. And you would meet me there. And so we did one class together and it was, you were the only man. It was a, me and a bunch of women. And this was my favorite part. The teacher said, go get a brick and a, uh, wait, a blanket. No, hold on. A mat a strap, and a brick. And you're like, I'm in. I thought it was going to be like S&M or something. And then like it was DDM. like. What is it? What does that say? I don't, with the initials? I don't know. And then you were like, I mean, you would just make the loudest noises. Like, you're not supposed to. Like, if you're in pain. But I wasn't acting out. I was truly, like, my body was making those those noises. And, like, I would try to hold my, like, warrior pose. And you were like, how long are we going to be like this? Ow. I didn't go back, I don't think, did I? And then you kept saying to me, I'm afraid I'm on two. And then at the end, when it was time to do, you know, your servasa, where you, or whatever it's called, what where you, like, lay, like, asleep, you know, and you're supposed to oh, not Oh, that be, was my favorite part. Yeah, you're not supposed to be thinking about your grocery list. It's the same thing you do to me at the end of every single couple's massage we've ever had. I am laying, and I am in heaven and harmony, and what do you start doing? Time Let's go. go. I'm go. hungry. Come on. Get your clothes on. Put your bra on. Let's go. Wrap it up. It's over. It's done. And you've come over and just like lifted the sheet before, I have. and it's freezing. I'm like, what are you doing? Let's move on. Next. What's next? Where are we going? <laughs> we will never tire of hearing this. And one more play for the Georgia defense. Georgia on the mountaintop. Demons be gone, and the drought is over. National champions at long last. How eloquent is that? Did you listen to that? Yeah, it was fabulous. I mean, so I wonder if he had that scripted out. Before, I don't think so. Oh, I bet. That, that's too good. No, I let's, don't let's think do so. Again. Let's, let's do it one more time. And one more play for the Georgia defense. Georgia on the mountaintop. On the mountaintop. Demons be gone. Demons be gone. The drought is over. The drought the is over. But it won't last. Poetic. Man, that was, I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear that Monday night when watching the game. For whatever reason, we were too excited and you were yelling and screaming and the dogs going crazy. Georgia Bulldogs will finish the year at number one in the final AP Top 25 poll, followed by Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Baylor. What kind of afterglow are you seeing? Oh, or just, are, are you appreciating after, oh, well, after? Well, a couple of things. I mean, I was just, I thought this was so interesting. I've had so many people say to me that they're rewatching the game, and I did too. The other night, I had it on, I was working in the um, store later, and um, I got this Hulu notification that like George is playing Alabama. I'm like, wait, what? And so I thought I'm going to watch it again because I think the, fir- and I've heard so many people say this, the first time that everybody watched it, you were kind of on edge yeah. and so nervous. And I've also had many people tell me as I did, listen, let's just out ourselves that at the beginning of the game going into halftime, we were like, dang, this is what it's going to be again. Like, you know, almost like, you know, I've had a lot of people say, like, and obviously they're probably Alabama fans, but they've said Georgia fans have no faith. Like, they don't believe. And I think it's just because we've been let down so many times, and especially by Alabama, that heading into halftime, I was a little bit despondent. I got to tell you. I just thought, ugh, you know. But I had someone else tell me, and I've heard many people say this, that it was one of the best college football games that they've ever seen because it was just a nail biter and it was, you know, so good. And just two teams out there just laying it out on the field, giving it their all. Um, so I think, you know, the thing that I'm, I just talk about FOMO, like 
when I see all the stuff from Barstool, Athens, <laughs> and all that stuff of those kids like in Athens, yeah. like partying it up. Now some of them have been in a little trouble. Let me tell you. Well, but I think you're gonna you. I think that the authorities in in Clark County PD and Athens Police they they expected that. But there, I've been somewhat surprised at little how how tame maybe it's been. It has been tame. The one that I saw that was, was a little bit was a little bit of a lot was they were throwing all the construction buckets yeah, with that from- which I will tell you we have one of our retail stores is in Athens and anybody who is doing business in Athens on Clayton Street. Everybody is so sick of this construction. It's been going on for like a year that all the vendors and the merchants and stuff downtown were like, you know what, throw the damn buckets because we are so sick of this. But it was kind of funny how they were like throwing them back and forth across the street. So here's some random just numbers after the game. All right. In 41 seasons between national titles, Georgia has posted four losing seasons. That's four, only four. And the last one was 11 years ago. Wow. This Georgia team becomes the first one in school history to win 14 games in a season. And I think that like 13 of the 14 were by more than 15 points. We're going to include lots of Bulldog stuff, Georgia stuff in the letter, the Saturday, including the best memes that we've seen, pictures and, and stats. Uh, from online and on social media. I, I've seen some just some pictures that were taken during the game, after the game, during the celebration that, that are some of the best pictures I may have ever seen You know when it comes to sports and football. One of my favorites, we'll include it in the letter, is uh, Stetson Bennett smoking a cigar afterwards on the field and just a smile like you've never seen before. Aaron Murray was at the game, and there's a great photograph with he and, and Stetson after the game. And Aaron Murray's tweet reads, this job ain't easy, and your path was harder than any of us before you. So proud of your brother, the GOAT. I love that. I've had a lot of people ask me um, about, lot. I posted one, too, of um, Stetson and saying that he is a DGD, and everybody's like, what does that mean? What damn does a DGD do? But it's a damn good dog. But they also, um, just so you know, there is an actual fund. There's a DGD fund, and um, Stetson started it with um, – John Fitzpatrick, Payne Walker, and Owen Condon. And when the rules changed about NILs and and what college athletes could do, they decided that instead of making money for themselves, they were going to um, raise money for charities. And so they started the DGD Fund, and um, they are raising money for different charities, and they have different swag. They have He has his mailman hat, and um, they have DGD hats. We sell them at our stores, too. And the money all goes to the different charities that they support. And they also brought a lot of kids from the Boys and Girls Club of Clark County to the game. So I'm just really, I got to tell you, as a, as a proud alumni, I am, I'm very impressed because there were a lot of people who, when those NILs, and if you don't know what that means, it, you know, it means that college athletes were able to make money off of their name and, and, and the sport that they played um, for the first time in a long time. And I, I know a lot of people rushed out to start doing that. And these guys really turned it to where they did something good for the communities and the people that live there. So, they flipped it. Yeah, very proud. Uh, we'll include a link to that, to the DGD fund. Is that what it is? Yes. Is okay. In the letter, the Saturday text, left on red. Red is the color. No spaces. Left on red to the number 22828. Uh, a couple other things. In a post-game press conference, Saban said about Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr., these two guys that are sitting up here because they went to the – presser, post-game presser with them. 
These two guys that are sitting up here, they're not defined by one game. Luke uh, Bryan hanging out with Herschel Walker in a suite at Lucas. No, no, no. Uh, Dominique. Uh, Dominique, my bad. My bad. Can't believe Cadillac Jack would miss a sports thing. And, and Luke had no voice. He posted. He's been a, hunting in Texas. Well, he posted a video on his um, Instagram, and he after the SEC championship, he had no voice. So many dog fans, like in country music, Jason Aldean and Chuck Wicks, and all of them were celebrating like crazy because he's such a huge dog fan. All the Braves players were there, which was really cool. That was a great night. Kirby is the only active coach to win a national championship at his alma mater as a Georgia Bulldog. And the red and black, we'll include a picture of the cover. The red and black is the student-run newspaper. Yes. At Georgia. And their cover is, of course, on top. But um, I just, you know, I did journalism. I was on the high school newspaper staff. And I originally, I wanted to go to UNC Chapel Hill and get a journalism degree. And, of course, that was just never going to happen. Um, but imagine being a student journalist at Georgia and on the, the, the staff of the Red and Black. And yeah, you're, the, the, you're the first to cover a natty in 41 years, you know? Yeah. How I mean, cool. The, How exciting. The Red and Black is an amazing paper. I sold ads for the Red and Black my junior and senior year. It's where my advertising stuff started. But they um, they have broken stories before. This is They are amazing student journalism um, students. And having the Grady School of Journalism, where I'm a proud graduate of. You are indeed. Um, it is very well supported. And um, those those students do a great job, a great job with that paper. We continue to cheer for the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs, Donna, the Georgia. I just love them. And their big natty win. I like long walks on the beach. And then to be dragged through the sand by an offered vehicle. What? <laughs> and then hurled off a catapult. That was Bob Saget's Twitter bio. Bios are tough to write, especially when you have 140 characters. And so when you do something clever, and I, just, I was doing some prep for Bob Saget. I saw that and thought that it was not as eloquent as as the final call in the national championship Monday. You know what I found interesting um, from all the things that have come out from, um, unfortunately, from Bob Saget passing away is how incredibly kind he was to other people in the business. And, um, you know, there were stories that, this is what I love about people, and I think this tells so much about someone's character. You know, one of the things that I always told our kids, our three kids, was who are you when no one's looking? You know, it's easy to use your manners, hold the door open for someone, do the right thing when all eyes are on you, but who are you really? And, and this goes for adults, too, and people. You know, who are you when your spouse isn't around, when your kids aren't around, when your boss isn't around? That's really the true mark of a human being because you're not getting points for it. Right, because you can always you always know when you should act right when people are watching. That's right. So. I mean, you know, who are you? So I, I just thought it was so interesting because they were stories that really probably didn't get a lot of press. But like Pete Davidson said that um, when he was struggling with some addiction issues that Bob had reached out to him and his mother and offered to help immensely. And I know Jimmy Kimmel, when his son was going through his heart surgery, um, Bob reached out to him. And you just, I've heard these stories over and over and over again. And, you know, I think it, it just tells so much about who we want to be as humans, because you should never be too busy to help someone you know, and, and reach out to someone and say, what's going on? Are you okay? And, and I just think that there has not been a single person who has come out and said a negative word He's about nasty. this man. Yeah. yeah just, just have it has not happened, which makes it even more sad. I learned in radio that there is nothing that will make a listener lean in more 
than the audio I'm getting ready to play. All right, meaning that when you're listening to the radio, you're distracted. Maybe you're not paying 100% attention. You really maybe have no idea what's going on on the radio. But when you hear this, you stop what you're doing and you focus in on what you're hearing on the radio. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Anytime you play that on the radio, people stop what they're doing and they lean in. And I've seen research about it. And it's, it's very true because we, we, by nature, are programmed to be nosy. You know? Yeah. And, and, and you know a 911 call is going to be someone who is needing help, needing attention, and, and it is in desperation. There's a murder. There's a car wreck. Whatever. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Uh, good afternoon. I'm we have an unresponsive guest in a room. My officer is telling me that, he, that there's no pulse. And the, uh, okay. What room number? Okay. You know what? These 911 operators, I can't imagine the stress that they deal with and the calls that they get every day. So when I first listened to that, I thought, well, she sounded very dismissive there. But you know what? They have to be. They have to be. But they, they can't become emotionally attached to any call that they get or receive during their shift. Another very eerie clip we're going to play for you. Before he passed, before he died, he was on a podcast. He was joking about COVID-19 and then joked about dying from COVID. This pod, he, he did this appearance on this podcast. It's called uh, A Corporate Time with Tom and Dan. He recorded it within a week of him passing away. Here is, a, here is the clip from the podcast. It is not good. It does not feel good. I had it. I don't know if I had Delta or I, I might have had a combo. Maybe at one point they were working together. I don't know. I think Delta at the one point Omicron was opening for Delta, but then Omicron got so big, Delta's opening now. <laughs> I'm going to entertain that audience to the best of my ability for what's there, for whatever's there. So if it's half full, I, I go, wow, that's disappointing. And then all of a sudden, 200 more people show up because they decide at the last minute, what the hell? When are we going to see Bob? You know, he might die from COVID. Let's go see him. <laughs> well, they said he died in his sleep. Yeah, he was found uh, lying on his back, arms. But he did have his hand over his heart. Okay. Yeah, so they think maybe there was some sort of heart attack, heart attack or something. But yeah. I want to give you credit about the whole FOMO, Flurona thing that we talked about. What, what was it? The, the, basically, the, the, there are people that are wanting to catch well, coronavirus so that they can... I think we have to be careful with this. I mean, obviously, again, there are people struggling. But I, the FOMO part of it is that this wave of COVID that is going around with Omicron, for some people, obviously, you know, it's almost like you have to do a... a what's that called? Like a, a disclaimer. disclaimer. Yeah, for some people, it is much worse. But some people are just, you know... Because it's not 12 days anymore, 14 days. They're, they have to quarantine for five days. They're not feeling horribly horrible. Um, and then they post about it, like, oh, you know, I'm down and my now my husband's got it. And and so people are like, well, I, I mean, like, what? I don't have. It's almost like a club that you it's feel like mom. you're not part of. But you don't want to be part of this club. Trust me. But, yes, there are these odd people in the world who have FOMO about COVID. During his late night talk show, this week, uh, I think it's Kimmel or Fallon, one of the two you're going to hear here, mentioned that. And when I heard the clip, I was like, oh, my gosh, Donna, like you were ahead of the curve. Like you are so many things. The new bad idea floating around is people who want to get the virus just to get it over with. 
So much so, health officials are now urging Americans not to go out and catch COVID on purpose. <laughs> Imagine they have to tell us that. Please don't intentionally give yourself a deadly disease. I haven't heard an idea that bad since the, I don't know if you remember the I'm here for the herps campaign in the, in the 90s. Norway. Do you remember that? I'm here for the herps. I no. tried to Google it and no. things popped up that I can't yeah. unsee. No. Like you're not off the list. You can get it over can, and over yeah. and over and over again. Even if yeah. you're fully boosted and vaxxed and vaxxed and all that stuff. Booster times four. Yes. Remember you were telling me you came up with this great idea about when I when I salute people or recognize people on the radio for doing good deeds and Oh yeah, bear hug. Being good citizens. You came up with bear hug. It's beautiful. I mean what a what a what's perfect, right? I used to say a big old tip of the kicks ten gallon hat to whoever for doing whatever. Are you about to tell me that you made this bear hug creepy? I have the audio from the first segment that aired today. The story is fantastic. The story is about a group of people who came upon a truck that was going down in a Cocoa River. In, Over an embankment. Yeah, and it was it was it was sinking. That's the word, Cadillac. They formed a human chain, Donna. I love that. To pull these kids and this family out of this truck, and they survived. And once we got out, I felt so relieved that we were okay, but it was so cold. Luckily, I'm a little taller, and I was able to touch the bottom of the river all the way out to the truck and help pass the kids off to shore. The rest of us created a train up. It was an amazing experience. Sir, sir you created a chain, not a train. Hmm. It, I mean, the, the audio gives you chills, does it not? I mean, yeah. I mean, not the chills like that that family was experiencing as they were sitting in the truck, you know, sinking to the bottom of the river, but... So I decided we were going to do our first bear hug based on that story, okay? A very heartwarming and loving and, and just a good feel story, right? So for the bear hug, I thought it would be appropriate to have Bubba the bear. Oh, boy. Have to be a part of this and to be with us when, when we did the bear hug, right? Live on the radio, the Bear 92.5. You ready? I, I don't know. That's right. We'd like to give a big old bear hug this afternoon to Calvin, to Patrick, and to Mama Samantha. For their heroin. I mean, harrowing. Rescue. Lean in here, boys and girls. Cigarettes <coughs> is bad, boys and girls. And so is heroin. I'm Bubba the Bear. Oh, my God. Hey, boys and girls, if I had 10 cookies and you took one, what would you have? That's right. A black eye. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <coughs> Bubba, give me, the, give me the megaphone, Bubba. Y'all be well. Let's, uh, can somebody come get Bubba the Bear, please? Hello, Harriet. Harriet, the receptionist here at the Bear 925. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to be uh-oh. Have they said anything to you down there? <laughs> like, are you on a regular meeting schedule? No, but I just love doing crazy stuff like that. I know. I love it. Here's why I think the bit works. Because you get a good, warm, fuzzy, feel-good moment. You get that story. There's mm -hmm. always going to be a story. And yeah. then, then Bubba the Bear comes in and kind of balances it out a little bit. He's always going to have some sort of, um, he's always going to be choking because he smokes. He's always going to be, uh, always going to be talking to the boys and the girls and, and little boys and girls. And, and It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. My mind goes to the worst <laughs> possible place. All right. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Pedro, Gainesville. I'm headed up tomorrow to Gainesville. I help, uh, I help secure your load. At the Gainesville showroom, gosh, like 16,000 square feet of everything that you're looking for. Any room, in your house, any house in the world. And they have the furniture that nobody else has. The big box retailers, simply, there's still, there's supply chain uh, challenges. I was at dinner with somebody 
a friend of ours in, in Noonan on, when was I on the south side? I got back today. I, was there. I went down Tuesday. She said that the Piggly Wiggly in Palmetto, Georgia, the shelves are completely gone. You can't find anything. Thinking because we're getting a snow, you're getting some snow this weekend. The people were being proactive about getting bread and things. And she said, no, it's the supply chain stuff. So you, I mean, what about retail? You still have problems? Yeah, no, we still have problems. I mean, you know, everything's like, it's just delayed. It's delayed. And that's the problem. And, you know, it's one thing like if you're, you know, if, if you, the, the difference is if you go to the grocery store and they don't have the loaf of bread you want, then you're either going to get a different loaf of bread or you're just not getting bread that night. When you have hard-earned money that you've really, really, really worked hard for, because we all are right now, and you finally pull the trigger, you know, and you're going to release some of your budget to go and buy some new pieces of furniture, the, the worst thing you can hear from someone is, we got you covered, we got you covered, and then it doesn't show up and it keeps getting delayed. Because at that point, you're like, you know what, I could have just saved my money. And don't be that person. We've been saying this for a long time. Go up and see Don and them. This is a great, great long weekend to go up. Um, lots of furniture shopping goes on in the months of January and February, and it's because everybody's ready to refresh their house. So go up this weekend. You've got all day Monday. If you're off from work, it's a great what time to drive up. Martin Luther King Day. I did not know. So you can drive up with your uh, family and you know, just make it a day. Go up and see Donna and go through the showroom. She's going to help you find something. And I guarantee you, as I've said before, you're going to have a little jingle jangle in your pocket when you leave because there's going to be leftovers. It's going to be some leftover money. Cadillac Donna, is that gallery furniture that, that when I was growing up in Atlanta that I used to see all the TV commercials on? TBS during the Braves games and other programs too? Yes, exactly. Donna is still runs the show. She's at the showroom six out of seven days, if not seven out of seven days a week. Same location for 38 years. It's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Ask for Donna. And we appreciate their support of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. Also, Brightmore Healthcare Delta, Atlanta's hometown airline, and Ford. Built Ford tough. Get your new F-150 at Fayetteville Ford. Two songs to the Hype Song playlist on Spotify. So, and don't forget the new Hype Song playlist is called Caddy and Donna Trace. T-R-E-S. And you know how, don't forget that when we start a new playlist, it starts out a little little thin. So, I mean, you might want to listen to one or two. Well, you're only going to be able to listen to one or two songs, but then it starts like rolling and it becomes like a great playlist. And don't forget about the other ones also. But I am adding Tyler Rich, Leave Her Wild. Yes. Tell me about it. I know the name. I don't I don't know much about him. He's a country artist. He's a country artist. He is, uh, you know, he reminds me of his Gary Allen. He was born in um, Yuba City, California. And he's definitely a California boy. He started learning to play guitar when he was 14. He um, kind of got his roots down there in Los Angeles. And I love the song. It's kind of a, he's just got a great, again, sort of one of those California vibes going, which I like a lot. Um, and the song Leave Her Wild is from the uh, his album Soundtrack to Summer, which came out in 2019. Um, and he's just a great artist. He's also a good looking man, too. I was like a good looking man to add him to the playlist. That's right. You married a good one. Yes. Morgan played the Opry Saturday night. He's only played the Opry one other time. And it was his debut back in 2017. Played the Opry Saturday night in support of a good friend of his and a, a label mate, meaning they're on the same record label. Guy's name's Ernest. Pretty big backlash from a group called Black Opry trying to say to the Grand Ole Opry what an ultimate show of disrespect. Morgan Wallen being in the circle is what they call it, in the Opry circle, is to the African-American community and to African-American country artists. The Black Opry says that they're an organization that is around to support black artists and, and African-American artists and country music. Holly G, and she won't give her last name, is the founder. And she's been on a little press tour, call some ruckus, call some friction, she gets some press. The song that 
Morgan Wallen, before you know, it was a surprise. The, the Opry people, it's my understanding, didn't even know that he was coming. You know what? I want to add this song. Actually, yes, yes, I want to add this song. It's a. I got it. Here's a. Here's a piece of it from their action uh, from the opera performance Saturday. Flower shop. But not the thorns. Hear the audience singing back. Yeah, a couple of questions. That's what I was thinking. Like, what was the reaction from the crowd with him being there? I think the crowd reaction was supportive, well received. Yeah, as he has been, by the way, for the most part. And so, like Ernest, um, I don't think he did it as like a like a publicity move. No, I don't think I, you so. Know, at he, all. They're very good friends, and I think he was just like, "Hey, come out and celebrate and sing with me," because you know this is a big deal for me, and I want you to be a part of it. And I know they've been writing partners partners too before, so he probably didn't even think about it. Ernest says about the song, it's a sad song with a wink, an honest song about messing up a good thing and running out of sorries. Says it's got like a George Jones sad country song kick to it. And the Grand Ole Opry has been silent. They've said nothing about this. What is, I have a question about the Opry. I've always wondered, and I know you know this, like what is the expectation when you are inducted? um, Because I know Brad Paisley's very good about going and play and Vince Gill's always there. There's a lot of artists that aren't. Mark Wills goes a lot. All the time. Um, but what is the expectation, do you think? There's a number. I'll look it up. Um, there's a specific number of, of appearances that you they, they ask you to make every year. But very few artists ever hit it. Because people who come up to Nashville who are visiting or whatever, and if you want to go to the Grand Ole Opera, you buy tickets, and you do know in advance, is that correct, who's going to be there? For the most part, yeah. yeah. Unless there's a scheduling change or conflict or you know someone happens to, to have the weekend off and they're in Nashville at home and they, you know, they'll call. Pete Fisher and be like, listen, I want to, I want to come to the opera and play this weekend because I have an opportunity. I have a window. I want to come and, and, and get back, you know, and, and, but you can always go to, I think it's opry.com, O-P-R-Y, opry.com. And the expectation level is that there will always be Involved. good artists and involvement and on stage. Absolutely. All of that. Demi Lovato says after coining the phrase California sober, that it didn't really work for her after all. And so she now says the only, what is it? The only sober is sober. Sober, sober. Sober, you got to be sober, sober. Demi Lovato checked back into rehab, and there was a lot of speculation about where she had been, where she went. Her older sister, Dallas, shared a video of the two of them uh, reuniting, being together on, on Christmas. I think it was Christmas Day, maybe, on TikTok. And her younger sister, Madison, was also there. And the caption read, when you get exactly what you wished for on Christmas, your sister. And she posted the video of the two of them. You know, people realize she or have come to terms with the fact that she like she debuted this shaved head in, in a new photo, and people have said that it was kind of uh, that 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 happened at the rehab facility, and it was supposed to represent a fresh start. Here's my thing about all of this: is I am a big believer that um, everyone has to work their own program. I 150 percent believe that. Um, I think the dangerous part of what, about what she was doing was kind of coining a term for it and giving everyone the appearance that that was a form of uh, rehab that you could do. and Like it was sanctioned or something. Correct. Kind of like flu, flu, Rona. flu Rona. You know, the CDC had to come out and say, this is not, we, we, we do not endorse this, this, this word. Yeah, so we talked about it briefly on Tuesday's episode, and I think that people probably thought that I was against it, and that's that's not it. It is that I think it is dangerous for any one person to endorse any one form of sobriety. 
And I think everybody does have to work their own program. The younger you are when you face down addiction, the harder it's going to be. Just, just by the odds of living a longer, of, of living a life. I'm not saying that if you suddenly become addicted to um, anything, painkillers, opiates, um, alcohol, or whatever, in your 40s, that it's any less difficult. The path is not as long, unfortunately, because sometimes you just don't live as long. But if you, if you as, a, as a young person, at 17, 18, 19, there's just a lot of life left to come. A lot, a lot, a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, I think if you don't learn how to feel emotions and how to deal with those emotions, it's just always going to be a problem. No matter who you meet, no matter what meeting you go to, and all of that stuff is essential in people's sobriety. You have to deal with the pain or what is actually, you have to, and it takes so much work, I think, to, to figure out what is actually causing you to have this addiction. And forget about celebrities and athletes. For anybody listening to the podcast, if it's your first day and you're, you're trying to be sober, you know, we, we don't joke about it, but a lot of people try um, sober January, dry January, to try to kind of kickstart themselves. I think you have to give yourself a lot of grace because I think what happens to people is if your sobriety is not moving at the pace you want it to move and everything's not fixed immediately, then you throw everything out. And you're like, this is not going to work. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able. And it is a constant fight every single day. I just think you have to give yourself a lot of grace if you're going through that. And for her, I don't think it's that California sober didn't work. But kudos to her in the sense that she realized it didn't work for her. And you know what? If some people can smoke pot, if they're an alcoholic and they can have a drink every now and then, then that that's their thing. And I think that's where you have to be cautious too with your friends is, not making snap judgments of, wait, I thought he was sober. I thought she was sober because you really don't know where they're at on their kind of path. Well, I, I, listen, anybody that, that is a, a a true counselor about addiction is going to tell you that the, the California method or, is not going to work. It, it, it's not going to work. You may be the most committed person to rehab that, that that's walked to the doors of Charter Peachford or any other rehab facility in, in, in the world, you may be the most committed person walking in, but when you walk back out 30 days later, 45 days later, 90 days later, and you're on your own, well, I shouldn't say on your own, but I mean, you have your support network, hopefully, and your family and your friends, you don't have that safety net. And it can be very easy to be derailed. If you raise your hand and you say, I'm ready to get some help, and you've done this multiple times in your life, if you're not truly committed to getting help, don't don't do it. Don't even don't even go to rehab, because what you do is you set up your spouse, your mom, your dad, uh, your your kids, whoever. You give them a false sense of things are going to get better. Especially the younger you are, I think that the the temptations are out there more so than when when maybe you're an adult. And the one thing that you learn in rehab is avoid hot spots. Avoid not only the people that were with you during when you were using or when you were eating too much or having too much sex, whatever. Uh, but you also have to uh, you know, avoid specific physical areas because they can be triggers. You know, if you used to use all the time at a particular bar and you drive by that bar, just going to Publix, you can be triggered just because you, you reminisce, you uh, romanticize about the days when, when you were in active addiction. And I think that that's the thing that probably gets lost in a lot of stories and, and things is that 
the person who's using sometimes gets a lot of support in a weird way, as they should, but the family and the people who are around them sometimes get lost in the shadows. And people who are dealing with other people who are dealing with addiction, it's very tough because you don't want to be the policeman. You don't want to be the patrol person. You don't want to be the person sneaking into their stuff. And you don't want to, but you you almost have to be because, you know, in order to try to keep the person on the straight and narrow and to hold them accountable, sometimes you have to do those things. But, you know, I just think sometimes that person gets called out or, you know, you, you feel bad. And that's what how enabling happens because you feel bad. And sometimes it all gets, you know, and again, I, I say this all the time, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but addicts are very sneaky. They turn it around on you and somehow it's your fault. And, you know, it's kind of like all the Ben Affleck stuff that came out recently about, you know, you can never say to someone, you're the reason that I started using or doing ultimately every decision that you make in sure. life is yours, you know? So, and I always, I've always found that interesting that when people say, you know, I don't want this person to hang around um, my kid or, or my spouse or whatever, because they're a bad influence. Um, at the end of the day, maybe the younger you are, certainly those can be impressionable years, but as an adult, I say this all the time, like if your best friend that you go out with to to hang out in bars and watch football games with all the time is cheating on their spouse, it doesn't give you a green light just because you hang out with this person. It kind of goes back to the, we're taken around to center, almost like a full circle to the beginning of who are you when no one's looking? Okay, well, who are you? Because really, that's who you are. The, the true testament of who you really are is who you are when nobody's around and you're not getting props for anything and you're not getting paid to do anything and you're not, you know, nothing's expected of you. That's the true you. If you don't like that person, you probably got some work to do because that's the person you are. I feel silly following up that conversation with Walker Hayes. Well, I mean, listen, we need something lighthearted. He's just dancing. I, I sent you a video of where he was like in the Bahamas or somewhere and with all these little kids and he's... In a towel. He has a towel wrapped around well, him. And kids, he's doing he's, he's this dance. These kids out. Well, he's not whoring them he out. Is. I think they like to dance. The kids. Is this Walker? No. It's supposed to move. Okay. All right, so Walker Hayes lost a bet. He's from Mobile, Alabama. Big Crimson Tide fan. I don't know who he bet because I said on the radio, let's play the clip and then we'll talk about it. But um, he lost, obviously, because Georgia won. And he had to change the wording in his new single called AA to show love to the Georgia Bulldogs. That I made up, she made way, way down in Athens, Georgia, where they love Kirby Smart, trying to write a song. The local country station will play. Hey, I'm the line originally was Alabama. Also got to say, y'all, man, wow. UGA, what a school. Um, it's a lot of... <laughs> A lot of talent coming through there. Kirby Smart, what a coach. But I'll, honestly, A of all, I got to say, David Pollack, man, greatest commentator of all. And he just, I'll, I'll dump it uh, He just goes on and talk about down. not only Pollack, who is a great commentator, but he's a Georgia graduate, too. Where's this going with Walker Hayes? When, like like I said to you, can he not release a song about something? With substance. substance. And he's got those songs. And that's he why does. I get so irritated about it because he's got some great songs. He's a tremendous songwriter. You're talking about addiction? Yeah. Uh, Walker Hayes has. And he'll, he'll sit down and talk to you about it. We've had many conversations about yeah. it. He drinks black coffee probably 25 cups a day. He struggles every day that he's on the road because being on the road can be another set of challenges when, when you are uh, trying to stay sober. Well, he um, also has all those kids. If I had all those kids, I don't know that like I'd be 16 sober. 16 of them. There's I mean, again, kids. I just got finished saying you can't blame it on anybody else, but I got to tell you something. Oh. If I had seven or eight kids, I don't know. 
Right, I'd, anyway. I'd need a nip. I said on the radio, though, I said, listen, it, it, who, who made this bet with him? Because the bet should have been this. Not change the words in your song to represent Georgia and give them a shout-out. The bet should have been, if Alabama loses to Georgia in the national championship, you promise that you will never perform or sing Fancy Like Again in your entire life, and we can all pretend the song was never released and it never existed, and, and it's just going to be erased from everything and everywhere and everybody. Gone. Gone. He's a super talented songwriter. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done. Well, okay. Well, that's like a not that's a hard landing. Yeah, it was. What? What's your song? <laughs> oh, you were adding Morgan uh, Long. Fly, okay. Yeah, Flatter gotcha. Shops. Yeah, from uh, it's actually an uh, Ernest song. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. Kimmel in ABC, Fallon in NBC, Seth Meyers in NBC, ESPN in the University of Georgia. The podcast for Corporate Time with Don and Tim. Morgan Wildman on Instagram, Walker Hayes on Instagram. Also want to mention we uh, the letter with the Bulldog stuff on this Saturday. Um, there, we're going to include a photo of, of Kirby when he was on the Georgia team back in, what, 90s, mid to late 90s, I guess? Yeah. Um, and he was, he, he's always doing that vertical jump, and we saw it during the national championship game. Monday, when he gets really excited, he just starts jumping up and down. The athletic director at East Coweta High School in Coweta County, Georgia, is named Hap Hines. Now that's a name. Dang. That's a good name, isn't it? Was he the kicker? He was the kicker. Oh my God, I love that. Where's Hap Hines? Like, I'm telling you, like, the I just coaches. I said he's the no, AD. But I know, but I'm saying, like, in the huddle, they're like, where's Hap Hines? We need Hap. Where's Hap? Where's Hines? You know, they call him by the first and last name. Now coming up to kick. It's Hap Hines. Yes. Oh my God, he is a good time. So he was the kicker, kicker for the dogs when Kirby was there. They played played on the team each other. He went to, to the national championship game Monday. And there's a photograph that we'll include in the letter this weekend, and it's 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 Kirby. That's Kirby on top right there. It's crazy. And that's Hap, Hap on the bottom right there. And, and so Kirby's leaping up and doing the vertical jump. And the picture was from 97, 98, whenever that was. I bet Hap married a girl named Connie. Connie Hines? Yeah, I bet it's like Hap and Connie. Have y'all met? Have you seen? Have y'all seen Hap and Connie? Now Hap leads. Uh, he leads Bible study. He leads the Sunday school. And Connie, they're just fantastic people. Got good kids. They're good folks. Wonderful. I live in Coweta County, Georgia. People, the people love God in Coweta County. Well, okay, most people, yeah, people love God everywhere. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. The letter is our e-newsletter component to the podcast. A fun four-minute, five-minute read. Delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday at 9, 10 in the morning. And you can sign up. Uh, just hit my social channels and you can sign up for free there. Production assistant from Steve Mitchell and Ingold Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are proud to be part of the Avid Podcast Network. Whoa!